pension situation in the Bahamas and the world is critical. There are currently no mandatory savings or pension requirements here in the Bahamas. National insurance is considered a supplemental fund, and less than 30% of companies provide pension plans, with most of the 30% being offered in the hotel and banking sectors. A large percentage of self-employed people have no retirement savings, and the average bank account currently holds less than $3,000. This is Episode 2 of our Road to Retirement series. My name is Mrs. Claudia Thompson, and I am a Client Relationship Officer and Pension Administrator with CFAL, and I will be your host for this episode. I am joined in studio today with Mrs. Anthea Cox. Mrs. Anthea Bernadette Cox, Nee Delaney, is a retired bank executive. She retired on June 30th, 2017, as Vice President of Human Resources and Training of Commonwealth Bank. She has worked over 30 years in banking, with more than 20 of those years as an executive. Her banking experience encompasses several financial institutions, including Commonwealth Bank and Credit Suisse Bahamas. During her tenure, she served in numerous senior capacities, including trust and corporate services, credit and loans, strategic human resource planning and management, recruitment and retention, training and development, employee relations, compensation and benefits, and leadership development. She holds a Bachelor of Commerce degree, cum laude, from Concordia University, Montreal, Canada, with concentrations in finance and personnel management, and is a certified senior human resources professional, holding the designations of SPHR, which is Senior Professional in Human Resources, and SHRM-SCP, which is Senior Certified Professional. Her passion for community service has led her to serve by teaching Sunday school, vacation Bible school, serving in girls' ministry, and volunteering at a local orphanage. She is married to Jay Ricardo Cox. So welcome to part two of our Road to Retirement series. We're joined in studio again with Mrs. Anthea Cox. Thank you so much, Mrs. Cox, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. So the traditional sources of income for retirees here in the Bahamas are national insurance, investment income from interest-producing investments or rentals, and from private or personal pension plans. What types of investments do you like? Are you a risk taker or are you risk averse? Well, I consider myself more of a financier. What I mean by that is I prefer investments that do not require too much of my effort and frees me up if I want to travel the world. So I like all of the above, um, except for the rentals. Although, let me say, rentals can give higher, return than the, uh, higher returns than the others. And um, I did have rental property as a part of my portfolio prior to retiring. So I, I definitely would not want to discourage anyone from having rental property provided it's in the, the right location. In terms of being a risk taker or, or risk adverse, I think I'm, I'm conservative. I'm conservative. And, and as you move closer to retirement, and certainly when you're in retirement, I would, I would uh, counsel or caution persons not to be high risk takers at that time, at that stage of your life. So I'm definitely not a risk taker now. So I have to ask the rentals. So why no rentals in retirement? Well, for me, it just takes more time and effort. And for instance, if there's something wrong with the place or something happens, you have to go in and take care of it. 
And one of the things that I have on my bucket list as a retiree is to travel. So I'm really not looking for anything that's going to keep me pinned, you know, where I have to be on island to do, you know, certain repairs or, or see that certain repairs or things uh, would be done or in terms of our rental property. So that's for me, uh, both my husband and I, we, we just want to be free. <laughs> so to, to do what we have to do and when we want to go and not have to worry about taking care of some other property. Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. So have you been able to travel in retirement? Um, what, do you, what type of traveling do you like to do? Well, I, yes, I have been able to travel. Uh, my husband and I, we love, we just travel, we travel the world. And well, pre-COVID, we did quite a bit of traveling and all over Europe, um, we traveled in Central Europe, Australia, and we also did some traveling within the Bahamas as well, Cat Island and Long Island, of course, uh, Florida as well. So I, I love traveling. So how was Australia? I'm just curious on a personal level. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It really, it was one of my things on my bucket list I really wanted to do. We went to Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, Uluru, and Keynes. Uh, so it, it was enjoyable to see the vast difference. You know, in, in Australia, do they have an area, of course, where there is a desert, which is Uluru, the desert area. And then, of course, they have the rainforest, which is in Keynes. And so we, we, we went there as well. I enjoyed it. Uh, now, the flight there is very long. So let me caution you. Yes, it's yeah. very long. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do that again. But Australia was beautiful. Really enjoyed it. So do you feel that you have been able to maintain your lifestyle standard in retirement based on what you had projected? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. How did you handle the transition from going to work every day to being the master of your own schedule? Well, at first it was a little awkward, the transition. You know, having worked for over 35 years, it was, it was a bit difficult um, at first. And my husband had to remind me to give myself permission to relax. And so I just had to allow myself to just relax and not think that I have to be busy all of the time. I also had a plan for my retirement, including a list of things that I wanted to do. So after allowing myself finally to, time to relax and to refresh and to recalibrate, then I was ready to do many of the things on my bucket list. And so then it just became easy. I just moved from one uh, phase into the other. Relaxation and giving yourself permission is, I think, a serious thing for people who have been working for so long. You get in, um, I guess they call it the rat race. Yes. And that pace is what you're yes. used to. And then yes. to say, hey, slow down. It's yes. okay to slow down. Sometimes it is a good thing to have someone like your husband saying to you, you know, it's okay. You have permission. The thing is you want to move from one phase right into the other. And I think it's important to have that little break, that relaxation. In fact, it took me about six months. I just relaxed. I did, I did nothing. I just enjoyed life. I enjoyed being me and, and without any demands, without any schedules per se. And 
that was what I needed. And so I would encourage persons to just take a break, permit yourself and tell yourself, I am going to take a break, whether it's one month, three months, six months, or however long, I'm going to take a break for that period of time. I will do nothing but just allow myself to enjoy life. And then I'm going to move on from, from there. And come up with a plan later. Well, you should have your plan already. But, you know, sometimes, didn't depending on also the type of job you're coming from, if you're really tired and stressed out, you just need to be able to relax and, and so that you can come down from that busy, 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 going, going, going all of the time. Your body needs to adjust to another schedule. Definitely, definitely. So how do you spend your days? I understand that you are the primary caregiver for your mother, who is 89. And I know COVID probably has slowed down the travel and the volunteering somewhat. But do you still find joy in the little things? I do. Um, yes. Uh, since COVID, my, my sister and I really have become the primary caregivers for, for, for our mom. And, and you're right. You know, traveling since covid you know, has taken a, a, a sort of a backseat right now. Um, and you're quite right. Also, I volunteered a lot prior to COVID, and that has sort of taken a, a backseat as well. Uh, but my faith in God is a big part of who I am. And um, so for me, it's a privilege to have the time in my life where he has priority. So I start each morning around 5 a.m. in prayer, and worship, and then I go into a 6 a.m. daily Zoom prayer meeting with my church family, and other activities um, that continue to keep me occupied include my daily morning exercise. I do backyard farming, creating healthy gourmet meals, baking healthy treats. I do online studies, writing. I also read and do fun things like playing mind stimulating games and board games with my husband. Learning, I'm learning chess. Um, also, I'm involved with several weekly Zoom meetings with a number of ladies. One of them, one of the groups actually I co-founded is a Bible study. Uh, we used to meet in our community um, clubhouse, but since COVID, we took the meetings to the Zoom platform. And that has expanded beyond the Bahamas to include ladies from Canada and the United States. I'm also involved in another weekly uh, Zoom meeting. We, we do life together. It's, again, it's a group of ladies from not just the Bahamas, but from the United States and Canada. And we share our experiences and how the Word of God can help us through life's situations. And it's very motivating and encouraging. It sounds like you're a busy lady. Yes, and I have still have a lot of other things on my bucket <laughs> list to try and get to. But um, I, I, some days I just don't have enough time to do all the things I would like to do, really. So how important is family, friends, and community during retirement? Relationships are essential, and this becomes even more evident in retirement. Of course, I cherish my relationship with my Lord Jesus, as well as my husband, who is my best friend. And, but my family and friends, they're also very important in my life, so much so that even COVID was not going to keep us separated. So at the start of the COVID shutdowns, I started a weekly family Zoom meeting with my family. And we've been coming together every week to share and celebrate. And on my husband's side of the family, we also have frequent Zoom meetings where we just get together and we, we, we have fun. We play games and we stay connected via Zoom. 
And as I mentioned earlier, I have a number of community uh, Zoom meetings where I, I meet with persons within my community via Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your transition to using Zoom? I know everybody is on that platform now. All of us had to get used to it for presentations, for meetings. I personally use it with family and friends also, but it has been a steep learning curve for me. <laughs> uh-huh. And I felt that I was tech savvy, but I don't think I really was when I got into this Zoom life. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, th- I, I, I understand what you're saying. It, it was like we just jumped into the Zoom. We got thrown into the Zoom. Prior to COVID, I never heard about Zoom. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what Zoom was all about, but it just became such a useful tool and that uh, I, I wondered how did we make it without, without Zoom. And in fact, it has been so helpful. I find that, that I'm meeting and my relationships are getting even deeper because we're meeting more frequently now, even though it's, it's, it's via, via Zoom. And so I think it's something we probably will continue to, to use even when COVID goes away because it's really, I think, a nice way for persons to come together. You can see each other face to face and without having to, to, to physically you know, go there, especially if you're talking about lots of you know, groups of people. My family is all over the world. You know, when I say over the world, they're you know, in the United States and, and um, it's just easier we can meet and talk frequently without somebody having to get on a, on, a, on a plane. Now, that's not to say that the in-person meetings are not um, appreciated and valued. Of course they are, but I think the Zoom has its place. I agree with you, definitely. I think it lets you meet more frequently because you don't have to travel or drive somewhere. Or, right. you know. So I think it definitely is a tool that's here to stay. So how often do you review your finances in retirement? Do you shop around for the best deals? Do you review it? How often? I would say on average, we review our finances and investments quarterly. And um, certainly we get our bank statements online, of course. We get our statements and then one of us would review that. But we would review our finances, I would say, on uh, at least quarterly uh, in terms of shopping around, yes, we do shop around for the best deals, and and we also consider the risk for each investment. That's that's very important, um, and particularly as a retiree, you want to be sure that you're considering the risk. So I know you spoke about having a structured budget when you were saving for retirement. Do you still keep a structured budget in retirement? Well, I do, but you have to understand because I'm so used to living by a budget. And you, you become familiar with it, and you don't have to check in every week or every month. You, you, you begin to understand how much money you should be spending on a weekly basis, whether it's for groceries or whatever type of shopping. You have that in, in the back of your mind, and so it's just a comfortable thing. You don't have to keep checking in your budget all the time. But we do on... I would say at least a quarterly basis when we're reviewing our finances, we just check to make sure that you know we didn't do anything that took us over or anything that we need to be concerned about. But I live, I live, we do live by a budget. We do have a budget. Usually housing, utilities, insurance, healthcare, food, entertainment, and travel 
are the largest costs in retirement. Would you agree with that? What have been your largest costs in retirement? I, st- I definitely agree that they, they are some of the biggest costs in, in retirement. For me, our biggest costs would have been the, the utilities, or they are the utilities, medical care, and travel. The good thing is, though, we, we factored these in our pre-retirement financial planning because I, I knew these were going to be the things that were going to continue to go up, and so we had to prepare for them. So utilities, medical care, and, f- of course, for us, travel, because we do love to travel. Do you have any money-saving tips for retirees that may be listening? Certainly. Some of the tips I would offer include simply to shop in bulk and use the wholesale stores as much as possible. Also, I say rather than shopping weekly, try shopping bi-monthly. And this can really help to reduce your spending. And always use a shopping list. And ladies, if you usually, you're tempted to pick up items not on your list, send your husband. My husband usually sticks to the list and he's not easily distracted. So sometimes I would send him with the list and, and he does a great job. I would also say pay off your credit card bills each month in full before they become due and, and attract that high interest rate. The other thing I, I, I would say to persons who are retirees who may be listening is that less is more. And this is so true in retirement. So look around at home for items, like excess clothing, shoes, bags, etc. You can sell them or bless somebody with them. And then reprogram your spending habits. You really do not need a lot of material things in retirement. So don't try to impress the Joneses. Very good advice. And I agree with you on the husband with the grocery <laughs> list. If it's not on the list, my husband doesn't get it. And I'm like, oh, but we needed this. No, no, it wasn't on the list. So next time, next time. So that's a very good tip. Sorry, husbands who may have to go to the grocery store more now. So how important is health insurance in retirement? Do you keep up with your annual doctor visits and trying to maintain your health? I advise everyone to maintain health insurance, and this is even more critical for retirees. As we get older, more of our parts break down and we require medical attention. So both my husband and I, we continue our annual physicals, we do semi-annual dental visits, and uh, annual vision checkups as well. So do you invest in your health and how so? You exercise, I know you said, every morning at 6 a.m. And you do healthy meals and all of that. Is there some health tip that you would like to share with everybody? Well, you know, health has a very high priority in my life. Uh, When I talk about health, I'm talking about spiritual, physical, and mental health. I spend, as as I shared earlier, time in the, in the word daily, every morning, nourishing my spiritual health. Uh, as you mentioned, yes, I have a physical exercise routine. I walk four times a week for an hour and 15 minutes, my husband and I. I pay attention, as you indicated, to eating healthy. I grow lots of vegetables, fruits, and herbs, which is uh, helpful in my maintaining good eating. I don't eat meat other than fish and seafood. I eat rice very infrequently, choosing instead to eat quinoa, which is a whole grain. And when I bake, I make my own oat flour from whole oats, 
all in an effort to, to eat healthy. And so those are just some of the things that I do in terms of it, investing in my health. Sounds like we need to have you back for a health podcast, the healthy eating one. I could learn a lot. I can learn a lot. So you said faith is a part of your everyday life. Um, what are your thoughts on your faith and how it has helped you with your transition to retirement? Well, as I mentioned throughout, my faith is essential to me. My time spent with, with my Lord and meditating has kept me in perfect peace and has grounded my thinking because of my deepening faith, my focus has been redirected. I have a better understanding of my purpose, what life is about, and what is important in life. And above all, I, I have peace. I'm happy. What more, what more can I ask for? <laughs> definitely not a lot of people can say that. So that is definitely a wonderful, wonderful thing. Was there anything that surprised you about retirement? Yes, I was really surprised at how ready I was to retire. As a workaholic, I thought it might have been more difficult for me to make the transition. But what I found out that my preparation really, really paid, paid off for me. Because I had my plan in place, I was able, after I rested and after I refreshed myself, I was, I was able to just go ahead and work on my plan. Mm -hmm. Are there any books or programs that you would recommend to those getting ready for or struggling to transition to retirement? I see some books in the studio <laughs> today, so I'll ask you to read the titles for me and give us um, what they meant for you. Okay, well, before I do that, let me just say I am writing a book on retirement myself, which I hope it's someday to, to publish, and I'm hoping that it'll be of help to, to persons. But... In addition to that, two books that I found very helpful to me when I was transitioning into retirement are, first of all, it's Seize the Day. It's by Joyce Meyer. And it's about living on purpose and making every day count. It speaks about God having a will and purpose for each of us and of his desire that we use our free will to choose his will so we can enjoy the best life possible. And the, the second book that I would recommend is called How to Retire Happy, Wild, and Free by Ernie J. Zelinsky. And it gives inspirational advice on how to enjoy life to the fullest in retirement. Very good recommendations. And I look forward to reading your book one day. <laughs> I look forward to that. What would you say to people out there that ask the question, explain to me why enjoying life when I retire is more important than enjoying life now? I believe enjoying your life at every stage is important. And that's something I talk about in the book that I'm writing. The problem many people have is they are hugely focused on enjoying life today and they wait too late to prepare for tomorrow. But failing death, tomorrow will come, and so you do need to prepare for the future. On the other hand, you don't want to be so focused on the future that you ignore living in the present. So my advice is to have a balanced approach where you use wisdom and prudence to provide for your living at every season of life. I believe that's God's desire for us, to have life and to have it abundantly all the days we inhabit this earth. Well put. So thank you for joining us for episode two of The Road to Retirement. 
Thank you, Mrs. Cox, for joining us in studio today and providing our listeners with your valuable insight into the road to retirement. You're welcome. Again, thank you for having me. We would like our audience to take away from this episode that it is important to make retirement planning a priority and that it is never too late to start. If you can save and invest 5 to 15% of your salary, reduce your expenses and save regularly, you will be able to retire in style. Always be realistic about investment returns. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And whatever you do, don't dip into or borrow against your retirement savings. Thank you, our audience, for listening. We appreciate you. And we at CFAL hope that you and yours are keeping safe and adhering to all of the COVID-19 safety protocols. Please do subscribe to the CFAL Talks podcast on Google or Apple for more thought-provoking and educational discussions on important issues affecting the Bahamian economy. The CFAL Talks podcast would love to hear from you, our listeners, on what financial topics you would like to hear our experts discuss. Please send your suggestions to info at cfal.com or post on our Facebook page or on our website, cfal.com. Thanks for listening.